The trade deadline has come and gone, and there was definitely some drama leading up to it as folks like Johnny Goudreau created lots of frenzies of activity online. So Johnny Goudreau mysteriously left the ice with just a couple of minutes left in practice. Uh, here's what apparently happened. Well, Johnny, on this day where everybody's paying a lot of attention, <laughs> you do leave the ice a little bit early. Anything for us to be concerned about? No, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Um, I had to pee, talk to Wurda, <laughs> and didn't realize. Uh, well, Wurda said there was only like two minutes left in practice, so uh, he said it was good just to get off and uh, got off and... The phone was blowing up, so... Uh, yeah, so there you go. He, he was peeing. <laughs> Just had to pee. Twitter reacted, as you would imagine. When he <laughs> left, there was all kinds of reporters like, oh, my God, Goudreau left the ice. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means yeah. he had to pee. He had to pee. Had like, a full bladder. Like, well, you yeah. got to go, you got to go. And it is a Canadian team, which they yep. probably have like 20 people covering Watch practice. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on trade deadline day. Yeah. That's all we had to say about that. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, he's still a Calgary Flames. Yes, he is. He is. No, but I mean, the lead up to it was really funny because it was... You know, there was this some tweet that was like, Goudreau has left the ice. I don't know what this means. Right? <laughs> and then, you know, that ends up being the answer. Everyone so, ran with it. Yeah. Sound of Hockey episode 75. We're calling this one the Brett Lindros episode. Right on, no. Brett Lindros. No. He's the, well, he's the better of the two Lindros. He's Hall of Fame adjacent. Uh, he's, you're right. Yeah. Connected <laughs> to, to a Hall of, of Famer. Brother, is your DNA. Yes. Similar to Keith Gretzky. Yes. Yep. The competent one, as Wade calls him. <laughs> and, and Frank Howe. Yeah. Uh, who I just made up. Okay, so we're not going to call it the, <laughs> the Brett Lindros episode, but we are going to call it the Ryan Reeves episode, oh. speaking of competent ones. <laughs> he's fine. He's in the uh, NHL. He's he is. He's part of a dying it's breed. Well, it's uh, amazing he's still in the league. He's there. figured out a way to continue to make himself relevant and useful and that is something to write home about. Uh, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined, as always, by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. <laughs> Hello, I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And also John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everyone. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. We have a lot to talk about this week lots, because lots. there's the trade deadline. There's the emergency goalie kerfuffle, which was probably my favorite moment of the hockey season so far. <laughs> Uh, just lots to talk about. So uh, strap in, buckle up, enjoy this uh, wild ride that is episode 75. Uh, we'll start with some reviews as we like to do. Thank you so much to those who have reviewed us and to those who haven't. You know who you are and we are looking at you. You can't see us looking at you because it's a podcast, but we're looking at you. Our first review comes right from at you. Yep, Bob Wally 16. It's a five-star review. It says pros, which... Indicates that there's at least one con here, right? <laughs> I, thought, Pros, I thought the whole thing was a con. Great content that balances general interest with PNW focus, perfect length. You're not committed to hours of bro banter like some other hockey podcasts. <laughs> no, it's, we're usually about 45 minutes to an hour of I bro, like bro banter. banter yep. That's pretty good. Uh, and they still manage to cover lots of interesting topics. The hosts are funny without trying hard to be funny. Oh, oh that's interesting. And the last pro is Goalie Gear Corner, exclamation point. Oh, what? Boy. I already know. I thought uh, that was one of the cons. That... The con is the weekly one-timers sound effect. I get Whoa. it, but it sounds like somebody spitting in my ear. So that's... Wow. 
Hmm. I need to workshop that. Yeah. Uh, But he says, give it an hour and you'll find yourself both amused and educated. It's a very nice review. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of a shot fired at John there because I don't know if you guys know this, but he is the one that actually does that sound effect for us. Or does he? Yeah. Or I take slap shots. All the time I thought he was actually taking a slap shot. Yeah. Take slap shots. (laughs) It's it's Wade just rifling pucks in the corner. And then our other review that we got this week, uh, again, thank you very much for for that one, Bob Wally. This one comes from Hockey Guy 1728 another five-star review. It says, awesome hockey podcast. I have recently started to listen to this podcast and has quickly become my favorite. Favorite is spelled with a U, which makes oh, me think that no. it might be a Canadian listener. Yeah, so that's, that's we've means. gone international. Right uh, hopefully this person hasn't uh, listened to the many episodes in which we rip on Canada yet because <laughs> there's quite a few of those. There's like only one or uh, two or those. mostly different. Mostly Darren. Yeah. yeah. Darren, John, and Andy are a treat to listen to. Oh, and I can't forget Wade. Nice. They don't just talk about the NHL. They include everyone from women's hockey, local WHL teams, to international events. The different segments they have, especially the goalie oh, gear corner. Feel like oh, I'm, come on. I'm reading it. it? <laughs> I'm reading it. Are always enjoyable to listen to. I look forward to hearing what else they have to bring to the table. But in all seriousness, hashtag Darren get a car. So, oh, oh, this is another. Uh, that's another one. It's trending now. It is trending. <laughs> oh, maybe it is another one of my teammates. I didn't think about that. I guess it could be. But I don't know. Is Favorite there somebody on your you? hockey hmm. guy that you would know? Maybe. That's a pretty... Uh, broad. specific name anyway uh again it's still under consideration the uh the talks are heating up about hashtag darren get a car so apparently this uh this, Trending. this Trending is working Seattle. yeah this uh campaign in this studio that's <laughs> happening so anyway thank you very much to hockey guy and to bob wally really really appreciate that we should actually get into the show we're gonna start you know what Here's what we're going to start with. I Story have time. a little bit of an update for you. Remember, we had the pee bottle situation when I went skiing mm, like a month ago. Story. I don't um, it's yeah. it's loosely related. So when I went <laughs> to... Nope, but another... Another pee story, so I guess good segue. This isn't really a pee story, actually. But when I had the pee thing, uh, that day I didn't get to ski, but that ski hill actually gave me a credit to come back and use another time. So I actually got to use it this past week. I had gone skiing one other time in between at a different mountain. So as I was skiing this past weekend using that pass, Mm -hmm. I went down a couple runs. Everything was totally fine. And then my skis just fell off my feet like while I was standing still. I was like, what is going on here? So I took the skis into the like the shop. I'm like, I gotta fix these bindings because there's something wrong here. And it actually occurred to me as, as I was walking that the bindings looked like they weren't quite fitting on the boots properly. And apparently what happened is I unintentionally swapped skis with someone Oops. at... <laughs> At Crystal Mountain a few weeks ago. Oh my gosh. What? So, you, so stole, you stole a pair of skis? Well, I don't know if I stole their skis or if they stole my skis, but the crazy thing about it is that they're the exact same skis, exact same bindings, and they had the exact same poles. But these ones are 10 centimeters shorter, and I know that because I even went back and like looked at my order to like confirm that it's not the same exact size. <sighs> So and if you're out there and you can't fit your shoe, your boot can't fit in the right. ski contact yes. area. So oh if you're listening or if you know a friend who had their <laughs> sudden, their skis, skis randomly <laughs> stop fitting their feet, this is the reason. Um, so I'm wearing somebody else's skis now, but hopefully they at least found my skis on the rack. I don't know. It was very strange. It was wow. a very strange experience. Wow. Here's what's really crazy about it. How is it possible of all the different models that you can, because I bought the poles separately from the skis of all the different models of poles and skis. Like how can it be the exact same combination? And that day when the swap happened, 
I remember thinking, that's really weird because I know that I peeled these barcodes off of the poles. And also, <laughs> these skis look a little bit more, like, beaten up than mine. So, like, I must be skiing really hard today or something, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe somebody wow. saw your setup and was like, man, I want to be cool like that guy and get the, the exact The skis are the setup. same size, though? They're 10 centimeters shorter. And the bindings you got adjusted and they could fit in? Correct, okay, yeah. all right. You're so, I mean, kind of a net break-even. Could have been much worse. Like, I wow. could have gotten them stolen or something. Well, here's the thing. Once. Was it, like... Did you opry or something like that? Or I was having a college soda. Uh, no, I think. At, after skiing, right? Right. That's why. I mean, because he grabbed. He might have been. Do, he or she might have been doing the same thing. Right. Never put the boots on because you'd figure Just that out home, if you kept home. on skiing. But sure. Oh man. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's bummer. bizarre. Ah, what can you do? We move on um, to actual hockey stuff here. I. It is funny though. Like pretty much every time I go skiing, and again, I'm relatively new to this. Yeah. What's the next time you're going? Skiing? Something bizarre happens every time I go. So. Wow. Okay. So Seattle news. Let's start with that uh, first arena related stuff, John. There's actually a lot of stuff going on. A lot of news this week is is going down. As they say, uh, that's what down. the kids so, are saying. So uh, Thursday, Thursday this week is they're going to uh, break ground on the practice facility at right. okay. Northgate. So that's a good good thing. I, I believe be we'll have our Northgate correspondent that's right. on the scene, yep. which is like walking yep. distance. Um, so that's going on. I don't know what they're going to reveal there, other than breaking. They might kind of reveal some other things. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming they'll put a, a shovel and a fake thing of dirt and yeah. pictures. And yeah, great. <laughs> they also, last week, they released some interner, internal renders of the kind of the club area. Looks pretty cool if you're in the club, but I won't <laughs> be in the club. So... I did identify a bench I'd like to have a meal on. Mm. It does. It looks. It yeah. looks pretty cool. Like I like. There's a craft beer area that's cool. But um, NHL.com, the Seattle site, you can go check that out. Cool picks if you're into that. I don't care. You're I'm going no to be watching the game. So Tuesday. So this will come out uh, after this announcement. But they're going to release a transportation plan on Tuesday. So look for that in the news and retroactively. Happening, <laughs> it's happening at the monorail. So. My guess is maybe the monorail is going to be evolved. Yeah, and well, they—that's <laughs> the plan. No, monorail. we have a monorail that goes from downtown. No, to it'll the be arena. evolved as part of the plan. No, so the so the the context there is that they're they're basically going to do a lot of modifications on both sides of the monorail yeah. to kind of expedite the number of people that they can get from one place to another. That that's See, important because be it, yeah. it connects. It connects the light rail with the monorail, and if you can increase capacity, so be it. And it's like right next to yeah. the arena, obviously. And, and to, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think the monorail's cool. Sure. Um, I wrote it once <laughs> from once. a concert at uh, at Key Arena, coincidentally. We took it back downtown, and I remember that after that concert, the person who was working on the monorail, like to drive the monorail, was also the person pay like making you pay and collecting tickets. So it was very, very inefficient. So I would hope that their process comes up with something that I makes the monorail part of it is uh, integration with the Orca card. Okay, um, yeah. which I, to people that don't know what an Orca card is, basically a transportation card that gets you on a lot of the public transit, including ferries and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So uh, integration with that is a big thing, um, as as well as capacity, where they can get kind of multiple trains going at the same time. Right now, it's like a timed, yeah, uh, yeah, where one leaves from the other. They have to leave from the opposite platforms at the same mm-hmm. time or something like that. So anyway, a lot of transportation mumbo jumbo. Um, okay. Obviously sure any, more stuff too. any enhancements yeah. is good. Yeah. That's just, that's just one of them. Yes. So let's not kind of hang our hat on the no. monorail. It put North Havenbrook on the map. <laughs> 
I got that reference. So they also <laughs> NHL Seattle also announced that that in March that they're going to start the seat selection for the GA. I anticipate a little bit more information. They said they're going to reveal kind of the plan and the price points at that time, but they said the beginning of March. So and that is soon. Other stuff. Yes. Other what stuff. else you got? So we talked about the the NHL Black History bus is going to be making a stop in Seattle. There's four days that's going to be here. One of those days. Willie O'Ree will be in attendance. That's really cool. It we actually cool. thought, like we speculated, we maybe hoping, he would yeah. be uh, part of it. Yep. We didn't know if he was going to be on the Seattle stop or not, but that did get confirmed now that he's going to be here in Seattle. Yeah, because yeah. he's Very not cool. going on every, he's not part of that for every stop it's making, right? It, so this it, is... it, he was always announced as select cities. Yeah, so we're um, a select city. Yeah, we are we very it. select. And I, <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> everyone. I, I think... I believe he. I believe he lives in like San Diego or oh, the, so the West, West Coast, Coast probably so it's probably a little yeah. easier for him to travel here. Yeah, very cool though. Yeah, um, and then we had the U.S. Challenge. The U.S. Cup. Challenge Cup was a big success. The Western Hockey League hosted that. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for our Canadian friends, three Canadian teams finished in the top three. Pretty exciting final game. Yale Academy lost to Delta Academy in a pretty tight game, four to three. There's about four or five kids on that team that are going to be first round WHL draft picks. Well, and so. a reminder that's a Ban- Bantam, Bantam tournament. Bantam yep. tournament. So fourteen year olds. Fourteen year olds. <laughs> but some of them you could already tell. Yeah, yeah pretty good players. Yeah, huh? there are a couple defensemen on one on each team that like already look like they could play in the Western Hockey League. So mm. yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. It was well done. Uh, you know, from what I heard. Uh, the the you know, this was a showcase to showcase the the WHL to especially the West Coast California programs yeah. and uh, it was a big hit that they loved the building they loved the facilities they were well, kind of the blown game away that, by them. the game that they attended right oh, so, yeah. so it was Saturday night mm-hmm. they had all the teams attend the yep. WHL game at Seattle Portland. it was a great game they couldn't have asked for a better showcase it was a it was great a game full. packed house TV game and it was back and forth three two Seattle won with a, th- a game winning goal came three minutes left in the third period so that's it was, awesome they couldn't have asked for there was anger the Portland's backup goalie threw a stick in the crowd. It was everything you'd want. <laughs> <laughs> Just to showcase how fun the Western Hockey League can be. Awesome. Cool. Did I see something from you today, John, that Seattle is making a bid for an NCAA Frozen Four? You did indeed. So, <laughs> according to Whoa. College That's Hockey News. I was going to say, tone. what was that? Yeah, no, I was being excited there. <laughs> so College Hockey News uh, had a story about all the kind of locations that are bidding on it. So what they do, NCAA opens bidding for a certain amount of years. So it's 2023 to 2026. Okay. And so a bunch of teams, or excuse me, a bunch of cities bid on those those events. Now, has has the Frozen Four ever been in a non like yes. NCAA? Okay. All the time. All the time, actually. Okay. I, I think sure. there's one I, I Tampa. Uh, not all they, the time. Not all say. the time, yeah, yeah. But they have recently done Tampa. I mean, and frequently, I think, relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to try to grow the sport. You know, I think they think that people will travel if it's in a good destination. And, so. and that's part of the, like, charter if you will like that i've seen the commissioner yeah. or some some kind of quote that said they want to go to non that's cool markets so yeah, i wasn't um, sure like how how unprecedented that was or if it was a long shot because they never go out of the north no, East, it, but that, that's cool to know yeah and, and vegas is in there kansas city's yeah. in there there's and i think uh maybe dallas might be in there or something like that but very interesting scenario yeah. i think it's really cool it totally makes sense you know, and I kind of posted, people are like, oh, well, they should have World Juniors. It's like, well, why not both, right? At least bid on both. And mm-hmm. we talked to Chris Peters about World Juniors. And I I think, I personally think that that'll resonate better. World Juniors would resonate better. It's kind of a higher caliber event because it's it's only in the U.S. every four or five years. Yeah. But uh, I really like the thought of, of getting a, a Frozen Four. I, I like uh, what do you guys think? Like, yeah, but what do you guys think? Like, how well it would attend out here? I th- that's a good ooh, question. That's a really good question because there, uh, there well, the, isn't. 
I honestly, I think it depends on how well NHL Seattle does, like how how engaged the fans are. If hockey um, really explodes, like exactly. Yeah, yeah, then it'll be a big draw. And if not, then I think people are going to be like, "What college hockey? I don't care about that." Right. So, but in a way, it's a it's a easier kind of sell for people that aren't familiar even with junior hockey. Right? Sure. Because they're like, oh, they'll, they'll have heard of some of colleges, those schools. Yeah, right? Yeah. Unless it's like Duluth and Mankato. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean all the teams that are good? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's Wisconsin's in it, if North Dakota's in it, because they'll travel well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Denver, Denver maybe probably travel Denver's well. even a, like obscure for like college football fans because yeah. they don't really yeah. have. Yeah. As far as I know, they don't have a football team or at least a, obviously not a Div 1 we team. Arizona but, State to get good for it by uh, that time. Yeah. Probably. But, <laughs> but even that's like not that, I mean... Who knows? I, I think it's awesome. We'll see. It would be one of those three years or the four years, the 2023 through 2026. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by then, like, there'll be a couple of years of hockey in the area or NHL hockey in the area. So I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool I agree idea. with you. I don't think getting those big things, those big kind of tournaments has to be mutually exclusive. Like, why couldn't we right. have both the Frozen Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Sometime? That's what somebody – And totally like, different markets. Like, you're, yeah. they're still similar age groups, but I think you'd have a totally different market of fan there. So um, I went to a Frozen Four when I was in junior high. That was the story I told a long time ago about the bungee run where the bolt came out of the wall <laughs> yes, and hit me in the butt. Right. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it was an experience that I will truly never forget. One like, of my favorite – Is this favorite... the Grand Fear one? <laughs> No, a Dave uh, Christian one. No. <laughs> hockey, one of my favorite hockey watching experiences. Bungie Run is also the name of my new band. Yeah. Mind you, uh, I was in Minnesota and the Minnesota Gophers ended up winning the national championship. So, so obviously it was very well attended, right? But yeah. um, I think it would have been well if, attended even if Minnesota didn't make it. But that's a very Minnesota different market. schools, let's say it comes in 2023, and one of those, any of those Minnesota, Minnesota schools are in it, you think people will travel? It's not that far from... <sighs> it depends because, I mean... I think they had it in like Buffalo last mm-hmm. year. I want to say Boston. Uh, Buffalo. Maybe it was Boston. I don't know. Either it's way, March. it still was in Buffalo. <laughs> it was in Buffalo, and there were two Boston schools. I think, oh, okay. and oh, they so still didn't draw that well. Which yeah. it's not that far away, you know. So I, I think that's how it played out. And if I'm wrong on that, then I in, apologize. But in my logic, around World Juniors might be a better aligned tournament, is because there'd be people coming from Canada. Right. And, and you have proximity. some hockey fans yeah. who are familiar yeah. with what that is. That's right. They That's have right. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. So. Oh, UMass was in it. That's who it was. And they, they again, they didn't like fill up for the finals. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, I think I would definitely go. Would you guys go to a Frozen yep, Four if it I'd was here? I, I would not miss it. I'd I be pretty really thrilled. Like hockey. I don't yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that about I you. I never like well, going to hockey freebies? games. Are freebies? Do I get giveaways? Like, what am I going to get out of it? Is bobblehead? What's in it for me? Do I get a pennant or something? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Does that wrap up our Seattle stuff for today? Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. There's a lot going on. And what's going to be going on a little bit more and more as we get closer, like more news is going to be revealed. So we should anticipate a lot of, yeah. kind of weeks like this. Cool. Uh, I have just been itching to talk about this emergency goalie situation that we had this past week. Uh, it was incredible. So I'll set the scene in case you're you're probably familiar with the story at this point because it was like it I even saw literally it on the Today Show. Yeah. I know, it like <laughs> everywhere. Saturday night, I see a tweet that says emergency goalie about to come in for Carolina. Right, so I flip on the TV. David Ayers is the name of the emergency goalie. He's a 42-year-old Zamboni driver who, does he still work for the Marlies? I think he kind of does, right? He's like a maintenance person. uh, So he works at whatever that arena is that used to be Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto that they've turned into like a community arena. Um, Anyway, that's where he works. He drives Zamboni. He's a maintenance worker. Uh, He also fills in at practice sometimes as emergency goalie. So Reimer goes down with an injury in like the first six minutes for Carolina. Then Morozik gets run over by Jake Muzzin. Like 
crushed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crushed. Helmet goes flying. Yeah. So, like, of course, he's out of the game then because we're fragile beings, goalies. Yeah. So mentally, somebody looked yeah. at him. <laughs> so in comes David Ayers, and you can't make some of this stuff up. I mean, it was so awesome to watch him come on the ice and get taps on the pads and you know high fives from both teams because a lot of the guys in the Leafs know him because he fills he in practices. at their practices <laughs> practice sometimes. Leafs, yeah. Apparently, he at one time in his life, like 15 years ago, had a kidney transplant and his mom was the match. So, like, he literally has his mom's kidney. Of course, he wins the game, actually gets credited with a win, eight of 10 shots. I mean, it was unbelievable theater. Like, I'm watching every second of it and just like, I've never pulled for a team not called the Minnesota Wild as hard as I was pulling for the Hurricanes <laughs> now, that was night. It, it was like 6 nothing, right? When he came in or uh, no, 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 it was 4 to 1. Okay. He gave up. He gave up goals on the, the first two, two shots yeah. he faced to make it four to three. And then you're like, uh oh. And then intermission, third <laughs> yeah, intermission, right? intermission. Yeah. And then he comes back out and makes all all eight saves in the third period. That's so awesome. uh, the Hurricanes played unbelievably in yeah, front of them. Yeah, they had. You think he would like, step it up? They had something like fifty shots <laughs> to their twenty-four. Or yeah. yeah, like and, and clearly the ice was tilted. After he came in, yeah, right. Like they I love like the reception he got in the room because he was—I think it was one of the three stars, right? So everyone, he was the number the, one star. Yeah, the rest of the career games are already in their dressing room waiting for him, and they, and they were kind of waiting to ambush him. And as soon as he came in, they just dumped water and whatever on him. And yeah, yeah, he got, got a hockey cool. night in Canada uh, towel. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, now he's doing a whole media tour. They're selling Kane's yeah. uh, <laughs> jerseys with his name and number ninety on the back. Uh, one thing that's really cool is he's going to get some royalties from that, apparently, uh, and also they're going to donate some of the proceeds to a kidney foundation uh, in his honor. So, so, so cool. But, Uh but I actually wrote a story for NHL to Seattle.com because also as I was watching it and mind you, I just want to make it clear. I loved every second of this. I'm a beer league goalie. I see myself in this guy's shoes. I think it's so awesome that he's getting to do this. Uh, anyone else that's gotten to suit up and sit on the bench as the emergency goalie, you know, I don't think maybe a couple of them get paid, but I don't think any of them really make like a salary off of this. This is what they show up for is like the chance to maybe get into one of these games, right? Or at least suit up, get on the bench. I think it's incredible that they do this. I also think that there's something really messed up about the fact that a Zamboni driver or an accountant or a whatever can get into an NHL game with playoff implications and this is like a real thing (laughs) there's no other sport on the planet where the top league in the world uh has random guys that don't play professional sports coming in as subs so anyway i wrote a story Mm -hmm. it got a lot of response and a lot of people seem to be upset with me not just loving upset the people yeah i guess i listen i did love it though i thought i made that pretty clear in the story that i actually did love it but I just think it's a little asinine that we get ourselves in these situations. It has to happen twice now in the last three years. This wouldn't happen in well, any other sport. It almost happened tonight. Exactly. In Columbus. They it almost to happened the guy down to the bench. when the two goalies had the fight in the Battle <laughs> of right, Alberta, yeah, right? right yeah. They were down to one goalie on both sides. It was very feasible that it could have happened again in that game, too. So okay. it's not as rare as you so think what it about, is. What about if they did this? Because I read your story. You well, hold on. Like, let's okay. get Darren. So Darren my, had a solution, yeah, some, yeah, right? my right. argument, my, my proposed solution, and Brian Burke had similar sentiments to me, but his idea he was, was that... He was grumpier about it. He was grumpier. His idea <laughs> was that there, there should just be like higher standards, right? So like you have 
have to have a certain quality of goalie. But my argument against that is what if you're in like a place where there isn't a ton of hockey played? Like I don't imagine Phoenix has a bunch of like D1 or adult guys. Yeah, yeah you know, like really good goaltenders just hanging around that want to just Grand sit Fear at the rink. Sure, but you know, he at, at this age, like he's much older, oh, like he's okay. probably they're, about they're as qualified as right as heirs. Okay, <laughs> you get where I'm you yes. get where I'm going with this though. Is so my my argument is that they should have something similar to a bullpen catcher in baseball, right? Where it's like somebody who has recently played at a high level could actually still get in in a pinch and play if needed, right? But they're there to just help prep the team, pay them a few bucks. I said in the article, pay them a thirty k salary, which I think for all they have to do is show up to practices and and travel with the team. And, you know, it's only six months of work, right? So they can make a salary doing something else the rest of the year. That's my argument. So you, you would have this this third goalie. Mm-hmm. For each team or like one for each? Yeah, each team. The and team. that he would travel. Yep, <clears throat> exactly. <clears throat> so. Hit me uh, with it. Well, I mean, I like the article. I like the spirit of it. I think it's interesting. Um, but I, I also think you pretty much have that in these backup goalies, right? I think they they go through a tryout. They they essentially volunteer, right? Because they get a free game, free meal out of it every mm-hmm. time they show up, right? And I think they do it be- because there's a, there's a lot of, of demand for it, yeah. right? There's a lot of de- like people want to try out. Like I have I literally have people contacting me that want to be a backup goalie, right? Or be the emergency that, goalie. That's right? how we got yeah. connected in the first place. I was reaching out like, what's this, what's the backup goalie <laughs> what situation? So he's obviously pretty good, right? Because he's a practice goalie. And there might be somebody better out there, but they probably don't have the time or the ability to commit. Well, so I rotate? just don't think, I don't think, yeah, they, they usually have a, a quiver of guys yeah. and they, they have uh, coverage. Good word. They have a coverage on certain nights. Yeah. Maybe it's every four nights or, yep. you know, weekdays every or weekends. Or but see, that's exactly my point is I think there's a lot of people that would love to do this, to be the emergency backup goalie, but they can't just quit their job or whatever, right? Like they can't commit to doing that all the time. If you gave them at least a few bucks to like let them get by and to be able to pay rent, which I think you can do in most markets for six months, you know, for love of the game, they're going to do that and they're going to, there's not going to be any like guilt, you know, there's not going to be any, so then I think it just expands your pool of who can actually play for you. I think guys would actually move from other markets. You know, if I'm a guy living here and there's no opportunity available for me here, but I know that Arizona needs a backup goalie, an emergency backup goalie, I would travel what's, there. What's, what's the opportunity, though? So do you, do these, are these guys going to think that I have a chance at some point signing a contract and no. regular goalie? No, absolutely not. That's not the, that's not the deal. They're the, signed to be the third goalie. Exactly. And the never essentially play a game. But you're ever. traveling with the NHL team. You're around yeah. the team. You're yeah. part of the team. That's it. Yeah, I I mean I I think those are valid arguments, but I don't think you're going to get that much better goalies out there by paying all up. That person will cost money. Yeah, in uh, more than no, 30K, that's true. Right, that's it's, true. It's, yeah. it's it's all equipment, right? It's just it's just having another body, issues, right? Issues. Yeah, there's there's all that to consider. I think it's a very interesting proposal. I just don't think you're going to get that much different for something that happens, let's say once a year. Right. Well, the, the one thing that's funny, and Wade brought this up, is that guy is a, probably a Leafs fan. Yeah, he, he is, was. definitely. He was and wearing a Leafs shirt under his pads. Right. But they could be out of the playoffs because of two points, right? <laughs> By their practice goal. <laughs> and, and nobody seems to go, like, give this guy a hard time because he's a Leafs fan. Yeah. He could have, like, gifted the Leafs two points. Now, I'm not saying he would do that. Yeah. Goalies have integrity, especially the they emergency do. backup goalies. Goalies have integrity. 
I, I kind of think it's cool that this is a unique thing to the NHL because it's, you know, like, like you said, Darren, the NFL doesn't call a guy out of the stands and say, come play quarterback in the fourth quarter. Uh, they but, do, though. I, I mean, you, you basically have somebody well, this, that's this, not this a quarterback. This is what I'm getting at. Yeah. This is what I'm getting yeah. to. Yeah, so other other teams, every NFL team will have a guy or every football team that if both their quarterbacks get hurt, they have a receiver or somebody who is their quote-unquote emergency yeah. quarterback and probably a kicker too, right? If they right, kicker yeah. Hurt. Baseball you see in blowouts. Uh, they yeah, save the just end, about they to say. They put an infielder in to pitch the last inning. Yeah, that's So fair. why not you put your def- a defenseman on your team in goalie pads? I think that would be just as cool a story as see, these guys coming out of the I don't hands. like that. That's I don't fair. like that because of injuries, right? Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. The emergency backup goalie is better than anybody else could probably play goalie on that on that team. But at least it's a guy. That just, I'm, I, I like the emergency goalie. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. as another opportunity, another option. But, but that's be, this is your roster. You got to figure out somebody that. So, but but Darren's proposal and and Brian Burke's proposal is to raise the raise the level. Right, yeah. that is not raising the level. No. That's actually lowering yeah. the level. It's interesting, but I'd rather have the emergency goalie in those two scenarios. But it would be pretty cool if Sebastian Ajo came in and made 14 saves and got the. <laughs> Uh, Herb Brooks <laughs> argued that if your goalie goes down, you take the best skater and put him in net. That's what he said. So, yeah. Just what you know, though. <laughs> yeah, not much. Uh, we're going to move on now to the trade talk, which is probably the other thing that you're pretty amped to hear about. I know I'm pretty amped to talk about it. Uh, so, I'm sure you can't find any information no, online yeah. or and, any other podcast. Well, and just like it. the yeah. emergency goalie, nobody's talking about this. Story, <laughs> so. We're so unique, which is awesome. But you know what? It is unique that you get these all these P stories. So that's good. Um, <laughs> so... The, <laughs> The trade deadline is coming, God. Much like Johnny Goudreau's bladder situation. No. Um, And so we just wanted to kind of break down some of the things here. We're not going to go through every trade because there were like a gazillion. And John did this thing where he took all of the like incoming trades from each guy or incoming players or picks or whatever for each team. (laughs) And the the, it's what is it? Three pages pages. long? Yeah. Yeah. That's so how many gonna, we're going to go through every one of those. Yeah, that's right how many now. individual assets, and we're talking like twelve point font here. Like this yeah. is not a so <laughs> so get side? ready, is buckle in, yeah, buckle in. That's what we said. I hope at the you're top. in a comfortable seat. Yeah, I think what we're going to do is we're going to first talk about the Seattle perspectives of it because a few of the trades have implications here as far as the expansion drafts. Uh, so John, I'll let you take that portion of it, and I I see you're studying your your sheets here. Yeah, so. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, I'm gonna have a, a a more complete review on the site in the in the next 48 hours, so it'll be up probably by the time. It'll take a look at every team and kind of the impacts on the Seattle side, okay. like and what to consider. Which site is that gonna be on? NHL2Seattle.com. Okay, um, heard of it. Yeah. So one thing to to note is that yes, rosters are gonna change. These things are gonna change a lot, but as we get closer, it's gonna be more and more like it is today. Right, so I was excited to get past this trade deadline because there's so much uh, roster shift. This will start to be like look like we can start figuring out who's going to be protected, who's going to be available, what's going to happen. There's still going to be trades that go on in the next you know 14 months or so, but there's there's some cool stuff here. So, so we talked about Andre Casa last last week, and that was kind of a bigger deal because Anaheim was expected to protect him. Now he's in Boston. Now Boston has to figure out what they do if they protect him. Dylan DeMello was also somebody in Ottawa that one of the defenders, he got traded to Winnipeg. I don't think there was much there in the defense category in Ottawa, but now they can protect somebody else. So, and then uh, Tampa Bay, when they added Blake Coleman, those are the big ones that, I, that I've seen. 
Now, we'll get into the signings a bit later because those had some some ramifications to Seattle as well. So let's let's pause on the Seattle stuff. Look for the site if you want kind of a, a quick bulleted list of every single team and what they've done and how that impacts Seattle. So that'll be up on the site. Cool. What we're going to do now is we're going to talk about our favorite trade, each individual's um, favorite trade. We're going to talk about our biggest head scratchers. And then we'll talk about uh, who we think fared the best out of all the teams. Favorite trade. My favorite one, I think Edmonton did something really sneaky and cool by getting Andreas Affen to see you. I just think that like it's always been a, a question of like who plays with McDavid and who can really hang with him. And yes, Wade is right that Cassian is having a, a career year. When but John is also the right because he's playing he with play. McDavid, uh, chicken and the egg. But Athanasiu is lightning fast, right? So I'm excited to see what happens when somebody who's lightning fast plays with somebody who plays the game faster than anybody else in McDavid, just to see how that how that goes. I don't know if it's going to work out or not. Uh, I know Athanasiu has had like some moments in his career, but he's pretty quiet too, and he's been playing for the worst team in the league this season. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a sneaky good trade, but I really liked it, at least on paper. They also picked up Green from Detroit as well, didn't they? Yeah, who I didn't remember was on the Mike Green. Uh, in the league still, but yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, Andy, who is your favorite? I like seeing Robin Lehner go from Chicago to Vegas. Vegas, uh-huh. uh, goaltending has been a bit of an issue there. Mark Andre Fleury has one of the lowest save percentages he's had in his career. Uh, the backup, Malcolm Subin, who went back in the, in the deal, has not been very good. And that was kind of Achilles' heel for Vegas, and so I think this is a good trade. Laner has been a really good goalie the last couple of years, and for whatever reason, New York let him go as a free agent, and he's on to his third team now in two-plus years. But I think that's a big pickup for Vegas. He's a good goalie, and I think that's going to give them a pretty good tandem going into the playoffs. Well, I mean, I actually think they might now have the best one-two punch in terms of goaltending yep. in the whole league. So when you take a good team and add, like, really bolster the goaltending depth. It was a Vesna yeah. last year. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty big win there by Vegas, I think. I, I mean, who else is, I guess, maybe Boston with Halak and Tuka Rask could compete for best one-two goalie tandem, but... Mm-hmm. On paper, that's, again, on paper, that's a really, really good yep. combination. That's so I agree with you on that. John, your favorite individual trade? Total homer pick here. Okay. Patrick Marlowe going uh, to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would just love to see him yep. him get a cup. Uh, he's not the most emotional person on the ice, like, and I just think he's he plays hockey the right way, and uh, I'd love to see him also. Yeah, that's a good Pittsburgh, Thunderbird. good Pittsburgh team. I know. I mean, that's like a, that's a really good chance, and, yeah. and kind of while we're talking about it, like Joe Thornton was supposed to get traded too. Yeah, but Dallas was in the worst yeah, apparently. But, yeah. uh, that didn't happen. So I still think Marlowe plays next year. I'd like to see him, but um, I would love to see him win a cup. Okay. So. Your biggest head scratcher, I personally had Wayne Simmons to Buffalo because that's like a weird – deadline buy kind of a thing and buffalo i think should be selling everything right now i just i didn't get that one at all well it also jersey kept half the salary right 50 yeah salary. so I, it's like why would you do i just don't this? know like, i just one. really don't understand what was i mean buffalo there. technically could still sneak in yeah i guess but i don't know that wayne simmons is the guy that's gonna no i mean he's the, he's the wayne train but i don't think the train is really on the tracks in buffalo so how many more train i don't know anyway he's like a nothing burger type right yeah Trade, it's like, just weird it's like, it was just weird i was yeah. like what was the point yeah. of that like yeah I don't know. Yep, Andy. My head scratcher was uh, the Islanders sending a first round and a second round to the Ottawa Senators for uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. 
They still they did sign him, so he originally everyone thought this was going to be a rental and giving up a first for a rental is interesting. Uh-huh. But they did sign him almost immediately to a I think a five year extension. Okay, so that kind of so answers still, the head scratch, doesn't it? No, not really because Peugeot's having like a career year. Yeah, right? giving up yeah. a first round for what's basically going to be a third center seems like a lot to me. Now, so the market was like that though. I mean, it was, but he's got twenty four goals this year, which is career high, only sixteen yeah. assists, and he's shooting shooting percentage is ridiculous, seventeen percent. Last year he shot four, the year before he shot nine, the year before he shot seven. So is he that player, or is he the seventeen percent guy? Um, so, is Barclay Goodrow worth a first round pick? Probably not. A Tampa Bay first pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, oh, so, deep. so basically yeah. a second yeah. second round. Okay. So, so that one was weird to me, just the price they paid for him. The the one thing about Paggio is I remember him in the playoffs, right? And it's I I you know I love playoff performers. I think of players that are built for the playoffs and Paggio really performed when he played in the playoffs last time I saw him. So I think that's going to be, it, that might be a, a, a trade I think built a for fit. the playoffs, not necessarily the long-term deal, like like a third or fourth liner in the, in the regular yeah. season, but those guys are huge, come up huge in the playoffs. It's not so much so, a fit in the year because they do need a third center there. Yeah. But just what they gave up for him was the head scratching part. Yeah. It feels like a lot to fair. me. To give that's it fair. I think, I think that's accurate. seems like a little over overpay. Mm-hmm. And your biggest head scratcher, John? My biggest head scratcher was the the trade was fine, but I don't understand the intent around it from Florida's standpoint. Okay. It's Vinny Trocek mm-hmm. going to Carolina. Like they got a couple assets in return, but Florida's like right on the bubble, and it's kind of one of those things that they really need to make the playoffs. Um, I I just don't know why you trade a player like that away. Um, I mean, they, they got several assets coming back, but n- not to the caliber of Choch yet. It felt so. like something a selling team would do and not one that's, that's right. on and the may- verge and maybe, of buying. But. Maybe they're like, you know what, this isn't our year. I like teams that do that when they're close but aren't really going to contend mm-hmm. for a cup and they do like doesn't matter like we're building for the future it was more of a hockey trade though it wasn't like a sell right because first of all trocek had an injury last year a pretty bad injury and i don't think he's been as good as he was yes. at the beginning of his mm-hmm. career uh and the other thing didn't they get back Hala and walmart yes we're both yeah. a good one, yeah. we're both current everyday players for carolina so i mean when you think of it that way like if they thought that they had the right depth at one position maybe it's just the head scratchers it, it was on the trade deadline not like a month over, ago, yeah, right? a month you know, ago or over thing. the summer so, or whatever. That, that's but. fair. But that was the one that kind of threw me off. I'm like, why is Florida getting rid of him now? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I hear you. The last thing that we wanted to do here with the trades was who we think had the best team performance. Interestingly, I actually thought that Carolina, who was the ones that got Trocek, had the best trade deadline, in my opinion. Uh, and I say that because not only did they get Trocek, and when that happened, and I guess I was a little puzzled by it too because it was widely reported that Carolina like desperately needed a defenseman, right? Because Pesci got hurt the other night in the mm-hmm. emergency goalie game and also there without Dougie Hamilton for, I think, for the year, right? Because he broke his leg or whatever. So um, so they obviously needed a defenseman and the first thing that they do is get Vincent Trocek and you're like, wait a minute, what? Why did they... Why did they do that? But then later in the day, like just before the deadline, it gets uh, revealed that they had Brady Shea coming from New York. And they also, uh, late in the day, added Sammy Vatanen. So they got a lot better, I think, both at defense and at forward. So um, I think that's a, a pretty good day for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they had a good day and they're a team like we're all kind of rooting for. Yeah. Andy, your uh, your best well, performance? I would make fun of them a lot, and I'm going in a different direction here because uh, I don't think that they're they've not helped themselves this season. But I like the, what the Ottawa Senators did, and basically the trade we just talked about with the Pajot trade. Yeah, they have I believe it's six or seven depending on conditions 
picks in the first two rounds of this June's draft. That's, That's a lot. That's a lot of guys. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I think you you know normally you just get six or seven <laughs> just picks for the whole draft. So they're going to be a team to watch. They have a chance here to rebuild and rebuild quickly. They can move some of those. They may not have to make all those picks. They can. They have some assets to make some trade. They could trade up. They could trade for players. They're going to be an interesting team. Now, the trick is that you have to come through on that, right? Having those picks is one thing, but you got to make the right ones now. So we'll see. Uh, they have had some good drafts in the last couple of years. They have some good prospects. So I, even though they're not going anywhere this year, I think they made they made themselves stronger for the future. Very good. The future. The future. And the your uh, best performance, John. I think the LA Kings had a had a really good. I I didn't think they really sold off too many quality assets. They added six draft picks total in the next couple of years, and I think they're they're also well positioned. They have a really good prospect pool already, and so the timing of this, you know, two or three years from now, this is going to pay out big. Um, and those assets can also be moved. Those those draft picks are also assets that could be traded later. So I think the LA Kings did pretty well, even though you know not much of a Kings fan, but I think they, <laughs> they did really well with, with accumulating picks. So, okay. So that's the things that we want to talk about from the trades themselves. Uh, there also were some pretty big signings that happened today. So like right at the 11th hour, Chris Kreider, who is known, I think TSN had him as the number one trade bait person, right? Uh, and so like what was it? minutes before the deadline? They the Rangers announced that they had signed him for seven years. So uh, I think the impasse there was that he wanted seven years. They didn't want to give it to him, so he came down on his annual value number a little bit to get the deal done. And they gave him seven years in the end. So uh, that was kind of interesting. So Pajo resigned with the Islanders. We already talked about that. Uh, Muzzin also resigned. All three of those guys are probably going to be protected mm-hmm. by their by their respected teams. So. Um, I think Kreider even has a no-move clause. Like, the details haven't been completely fleshed out or released. But, yeah, they're going to protect him anyway. But Pajot, I think, might even have a a two-year no-move clause in the first two years so to cover through expansion. So that's how I view those the impacts of those signings. There'll be more throughout the rest of the year, but... um, those, that's the Seattle take on those. Uh, we mentioned the New York Rangers. I just wanted to do a quick update because this is kind of scary. Right in the middle of all this trade deadline stuff happening, uh, the Rangers also announced that Igor Shesterkin, who's their young up-and-coming stud goalie, and Pavel Buchnevich have been in a car accident last night. Thankfully, they're not terribly injured. Uh, I think it's uh, Shesterkin had like a rib injury, some sort of a fracture, and he's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. So uh, we just wanted to note that quick because that was kind of a potentially could have been a really big thing that happened uh, during the course of today. And it kind of, well, got and it really, the Rangers are swept kind of under the, the bubble of, of a playoff spot and mm-hmm. they're essentially their number one goalie goes down for yep. a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The, so that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Could have been much worse. though. was my point. So I, I think should be thankful that it wasn't anything worse than, than what it was. But uh, so Alex Ovechkin, the other big NHL news. I think it's so funny that we've gone this whole time and not talked about <laughs> Ovechkin. Well, First of all, I mean, it happened several days ago, right? Yeah, that Ovechkin... and there's been like chaos since. Then. No, it was the same day as the emergency goalie, and and oh, the emergency yeah. goalie took everything. all the headlines, <laughs> right? That's the crazy thing about it. But at this point, I don't even know what Alex Ovechkin did. Was it impressive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't talked goals. about it. Yeah, he scored 700 goals in one night, in one game, one shift. Wow. Yeah, for his career. Yeah, so Ovechkin obviously notches number 700 against the Devils. Kind of a pass out in front. He was on the right side, which is not where he scores most of his goals from. He scores most of his goals from the left side on a one-timer, right? But he just blasted it home. Goalie had no chance. Uh, One thing that I thought was pretty cool is the Devils put out a tweet, I think today, 
of like one of their maintenance people, perhaps a future emergency goalie that will appear in a game. I don't know. Uh, but he was cutting off the net from the goal. And it said, some moments transcend an individual game, special delivery headed your way at Capitals. So that means they're sending when, the net from New Jersey to Washington. That to be a devil's thing. When Brodeur, Martin Brodeur broke the wins record for goalies, he, he cut the net after the game. Wow, that's cool. They like cutting nets there. Like big that. big net cutters. Yeah, that's yeah. they are. All right, so good stuff. Congratulations to Alex Ovechkin, who I'm sure is listening. We now move into our <laughs> segments, <laughs> and we start with everyone's favorite segment, which was commented on multiple times uh, in the reviews. And Bad I'm boys talking, of course, about goalie gear corner. <laughs> Great. This <laughs> week's. Goalie Gear Corner is a little bit of a unique one. So Jonathan Bernier, who is a netminder for the Detroit Red Wings, showed up and he was wearing completely unbranded goal gear. Now, that's interesting, right? There's no brand on that. Turns out what he's wearing, and I guess it's not the first time we've seen that because Tim Thomas had equipment back in the day that had no branding on it. But so it turns out that he's wearing uh, something called Lefebvre equipment. Now, I've seen the word Lefebvre before. Uh, it's L-E-F-E-V-R-E. That's how you spell it. It's a French word. So it's a Quebec company. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's a small family-owned business that does the manufacturing for like the more elite equipment, but they, they then license it to like CCM oh, uh-huh. gotcha. or to Reebok or whatever. So when you buy a Lefebvre manufactured thing from CCM, it'll have a little patch on it that says powered by Lefebvre or built by Lefebvre or gotcha. something like that. Okay. So... CCM had a 10-year contract with Lefebvre, and it expired, and they couldn't come to terms to extend it. So now there's this long like court battle going on between Lefebvre and CCM in Canada, uh, because <laughs> Lefebvre saw that CCM had equipment that was exactly the same as what they had designed for CCM, like at the World Juniors, right? Brand new equipment that they had given to these kids to wear, and they're like, wait a minute, we designed that equipment. So there's this long ongoing thing happening. Interesting that I I thought that Jonathan Bernier actually went directly to Lefebvre rather than going through CCM or whatever, right? And he's like, I need my equipment custom built by Lefebvre because they're the ones that that do it. So I wonder what the financial transaction is of that. Yeah, I don't know. As far as between Bernier, right? I imagine CCM. Well, so that's the thing is I think he's got this unbranded equipment because there's probably has to be a deal with the NHL, right? Right. The NHL is probably saying, no, you can't wear equipment that says Lefebvre on it because Uh, they don't have a license or a marketing deal or whatever it is. You're not in the pool. So it's different. It's common. So So it's different than the knockoff Callaway golf clubs I have. (laughs) I mean, I don't think these are knockoffs. These are like quite the opposite. Callaways. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's a genuine Romex, sir. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, I I just thought it was interesting. Thought it was a a, a cool story to tell. Sounds like Corey Schneider was testing some Lefebvre equipment. So we may see more of that coming up. Did they become his Lefebvre? His Lefebvre. Yeah, maybe. Good one. <laughs> Our other goalie gear corner uh, actually belongs to Andy. Andy, That's what do right. you got? I submitted a goalie gear corner this week. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. So the No, yeah, let's extend this. This is everyone's favorite segment. The aforementioned Robert Laner. Robin Laner. <laughs> so I keep wanting to call Robert for some reason. Robert Laner. We should change his name to Robert. Yeah. That's what I keep thinking it is. Okay. Robin Laner, who just got traded, put out to Twitter. He said, yay or nay, question mark, asking to the people. And mm-hmm. he had a picture of some new pads they're Brian's, Ooh, yeah. my favorites. Nice Brian's setup. Got the B with the star, but mm-hmm. they are Golden Knights colors. Yep. 
They've got all the various Golden Knights colors. They got kind of like a V shape when they're in together. And I like them. Look pretty cool. Very so sharp. He got a lot of responses on Twitter. He got eleven thousand likes, and Ooh, people are responding whether or not they like yay or nay on it. So a lot of yays, I would take that to be. So maybe we'll see these soon. Um, I don't really look at the answers. Yeah, it looks like a lot of yays. Just kind of scrolling through real quick. Oh, this is okay. good. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good radio. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is why this is everybody's favorite. <laughs> yeah. That wraps up goalie gear corner. We now move on to you don't see that every day, of which we have three. Uh, our first, you don't see that every day, Gabriel Velarde of the Los Angeles Kings is a prospect, uh, makes his NHL debut, scores 10 seconds into his first shift. So it's like a minute and a half into the game, but his first shift, he's out there for 10 seconds, scores a goal. I love that. I love one. It's pretty cool. It's all uphill from here. Yeah. They had a big yeah. game, too. They get a couple points in that game, too, besides the goal. So if I recall right. The Kings are saved. There you go. They got the They scored five against Bobrovsky that night, by the way. Yeah. Our next, you don't see that every day. Nathan Gerby had an all-time short guy moment. John and I are looking at each other here <laughs> yeah. as fellow short guys. We're high fives. We're high fiving each other. This was how high is it really though? Incredible. Oh, good one. Yeah, because we're short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's medium, medium That's great. Now I suppose you're going to start making fun of us for him being fully bald and me partially balding. No, I'm partially balding. Oh, okay. Mostly yeah. balding. No, yeah, we're together on that. Yeah. We're all together on that. I, I have unity. So Nathan Gerby playing against the Flyers, and he plays. Do you know who he plays for? Yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Yeah, right totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we know that because we're watching the video. But anyway, so Nathan Gerby, he runs over Claude Giroux with like one of the hits of the year, like just crushes him. And then because of like the code, right, Travis Sandheim sticks up for Giroux because Giroux is one of the stars and starts like tussling with Gerby. Gerby drops his gloves, tangles up with him and ends up throwing Sandheim down. Sandheim. How tall is Sandheim? Because there's be a six, two, six, good like foot and a half difference between yeah. these guys. He's punching and he's literally punching up at like a 45 degree angle to try to get to Sandheim's head or face, which it. is my, might be my new favorite <laughs> player moment. of all time. That was amazing. That was just uh, just a great, great moment for short guys. Everywhere. I would love to have been in the Philly dressing room. I don't know who won that game, but I'm sure if they won, there were some good natured chirps going well, Sandheim's way. Well, think about Columbus, like how fired oh, up yeah. they were for. Yeah, that's awesome. And our final, you don't see that every day. Scott Sabrin, who we haven't talked about in a while, but, but he's still we brought him up last week. Hockey legend. One of our, one of our, one of the, one of the, the jerseys hanging in the rafters. Yep. Uh, so he got a ten minute misconduct <laughs> with eight thirty seven left in the Senators game against the Winnipeg Jets uh, because he tried to squirt Mark Shifley <laughs> with a water bottle from the bench. Didn't even hit him. <laughs> like, it wasn't just, even close with his little stream. It towards his skates. So yep. It doesn't really even get at his face or anything. And the ref sees him trying to squirt him with water and just. Whoa. That's, that's a, how exciting it was. That's a big spill. I just spilled all my water oh, talking about that's that. That's how exciting it was. Wow. Good thing we're in Bardown Studios here. All this this expensive tile is now going to All right. Uh, so anyway, that was something. And uh, yeah, you don't see that every day. Sorry for spilling my water while we were talking about that, John. <laughs> Way to get into character. We move on to weekly one-timers. Blam. <laughs> 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 that didn't sound like spitting in my ear. Connor McDavid is like back it. from injury and he uh, quickly scored at like one of his classic beautiful goals where he walks the entire team and then dekes around the goalie and puts it up top shelf. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Good at hockey. Yep. Our next weekly one-timer. Bam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Markstrom has been injured. Now what, Andy? Uh, 
That's well, not good for no, your Vancouver Canucks. We don't really know how long he 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 got hurt after the they crushed Boston on Saturday, which was one of Darren's games of the week, I believe. Yep, it was. And it was a little, you know, Travis Green didn't say much, but then apparently he had gone back to he flew back somewhere in the East to get to get looked at, and they're, they're not really sure how long he's being reevaluated. Um, that's a huge blow to Vancouver because he's been standing on his head, and one of the main reasons they're where they are in the standings. And so they made a trade though; they brought in Dominga, Dominga, Louis Dominga. Yeah, Domingue. there's there's a savior, huh? Yeah. Louis Dominga. Yeah. So oh, he'll probably be backing up Thatcher Demko, I would imagine. But okay, uh, thank you for the Kanusha. There also was an it, ha- notes. it happened a while ago, but Oliver Bjorkstrand got hurt too for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, pretty pretty big blow for Columbus, right? Because they're they're hurting right now. Uh, Seth Jones is out. Now he's out. Um, Two former Winterhawks. It all comes yeah, back to the yeah, dub. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Columbus is uh, in trouble. Yep. Uh, our next weekly one-timer. Boom. The Detroit Red Wings are the first team to be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention prior to the trade deadline since the 2003-2004 Penguins. Man, Ouch. now there's something to hang your hat on, huh? That uh, So that 2003-2004 Penguins, is that what led to Sidney Crosby? Uh, well, I, I'm trying to think how it was because there was a, a little stretch in there where like, I think they had maybe just drafted Marc-Andre Fleury as number one overall. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they brought him up right away as like an 18, 19-year-old, I think. It's, that the year after that? Or no, that year? Like that year. And But I mean, he was 18 or 19 so years old. So does that mean so. that that, but the, the finishing last like I, that? Yeah, Crosby didn't join the team until 2005. So it was just before he got there. So kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, they stunk. And so apparently <laughs> do the Red Wings. But um, now Bernier is there. He's got unbranded LeFave goalie equipment. So could be that it's all resolved. And they could get the number one pick. They could. Uh, our next weekly one-timer. Gage Quinney becomes the first Nevada-born player to play in the NHL. Uh, and he actually is playing for Las Vegas. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. His dad played in the IHL for yep. the Las Vegas Thunder. That's, That's right. right. That's yes. Right. Uh, very interesting stuff. I always like when new states are represented in NHL, and, and it's good to check that one off. Awesome. And John just recently put out some information about American-born players in the WHL. That's Gage right. Quinney played mm-hmm. for the Florida Rockets. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All comes back to the dub. Mm-hmm. Our next weekly one-timer. Bam. Ah, see, now I'm getting a little unsettled here. I'm like, I'm on what edge because like, I, yeah, <laughs> whoopa. <laughs> hey, it's my sound bite. Mm, right, yeah, Whoop, yeah, clapper. So the LA Kings, uh, we kind of ripped. Well, I ripped on them for their stadium series uniforms this past week. Suddenly, they come out with the Gretzky era, era ones, which I would argue are the best, I think my favorite hockey uniforms of all time. The black and silver. I The thing that I, when they first came out with the ones that they wear as their current, like actual uniforms, it's got that weird, goofy LA with that home plate looking yeah. thing on it. And I just never like understood it. Like you're obviously trying to sort of do a, like a throwback to these uniforms or at least a nod to these uniforms. Why not just rip the band-aid off and go back to the uniforms that actually look nice. I actually prefer their old school, the yellow and purple ones. Yeah. I See, I, I never, like, those were a little before my time, I think, because the first that I remember, unif- the, the Kings, right, was the Gretzky time when they were wearing these uniforms, the the white with silver and black uh, with that. I guess it kind of has that home plate thing, but it's like an expanded. It's like a Chevy logo. Yeah, kind of. But I just, I love these Which uniforms. Which is weird, their AHL team, the Ontario Reign. 
have their it's almost the same as those Gretzky Erica mm-hmm. ones. Same colors. It just says rain. But it says rain. Yeah. yeah. Same same idea though. Yeah. Wear them full time. <laughs> Our next weekly one timer. What's he gonna say? What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Shaboom. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Bobby Ryan is uh, back in Ottawa. Obviously, we know and we talked about him entering the substance abuse program back in November. Uh, So good to see him back. He addressed the media. Yeah, he he, uh, did a pretty long interview. Well, not interview session, but uh, talked to the media for quite a bit. Um, Talked about he was really not looking forward to that day speaking with the media and talking about it, but he knew it had to come. Yeah. He entered the alcohol abuse program or substance abuse program. I should say he did say that it was but for he alcohol. Did reveal it yeah. was alcohol, something he struggled with, tried to work on it on his own, but um, it's kind of the stuff you tend to hear um, recovering. People say it's like it's day to day, but uh, he's been skating with the team since December actually. Um, and he's finally going to make his return to the NHL this week. So, you know, we talked about Bobby Ryan's kind of, rough past and this obviously came up as well so i'm rooting for him i think there's a lot of people rooting for him and and hopefully you know he definitely has something to prove he says he's got about you know he's getting paid like seven million dollars a year still uh and he says the contract's tough but he's gonna he's gonna do what he can to show people he's worth it so uh good for him i'm rooting for him uh and we close the show with games on the radar john what do you have canucks at leafs kind of a do or die time for these bubble playoff teams and the Canucks could be in a playoff bubble if Markstrom's not back anytime soon. So uh, that's on Saturday, 4 p.m., Hockey Night in Canada, CBC, all that mumbo-jumbo. Andy? I have Thursday at 5 p.m. our time, the New York Hockey Islanders at the St. Louis Blues. Oh. In a pretty good game. Okay. Yeah, that should be a fun one, although I thought you thought the Blues are boring. They are boring. Okay. Uh, By the way, they are the opponent in the Winter Classic. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was... Announced by Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau in just an electric uh, video (laughs) where they're playing catch at Target Field. Uh, Two big personalities there. Little minutia. You kind of of predicted that, though, too, didn't you? Yes. Uh, And then my game on the radar is the Rangers at the Flyers in a hot dish classic. Uh, (laughs) That's going to be on NHL Network Friday at 4 p.m. I think that should be kind of a fun one. Uh, But we will see what happens. And this is episode 75. Thank you again. Can I do my two shout-outs? Sure. Yeah, shout it out. Two quick shout-outs. One is to Western Washington University, the Harvard of the Northwest. Oh, who defeated the measly UW hockey team in the Apple Puck, I guess they're calling it, and won a championship. And also up north, University of British Columbia, uh, some guys with some local ties here, they had a huge upset. They beat the number one ranked University of Alberta, and they're on to the Canada West Finals for the first time in like 47 years. But uh, Tyler Sandu, former Everett Silvertip, and I think maybe Tri-City American for a while, is on that team, and so is former Seattle Thunderbirds captain Jarrett Smith and former Thunderbirds goalie, Ryland Toth, so good on them. All By right. Way, Ryland Toth, also an emergency backup goalie for the Canucks. There you go. Excellent shout-outs. Thank you very much to Bob Wally and Hockey Guy for those great reviews. John, we're going to keep figuring out a solution to this uh, one-timer <laughs> yeah, thing. We can get some feedback on those weekly one-timers. <laughs> Yeah. On-the-fly workshopping. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please do subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, leave your review on iTunes and Stitcher, and we'll read it. And we will talk to you all next week for Episode 76. Cheers. Pop, pop, pop.